end? When it hits uh, time seven, seven minutes, so in 15 seconds or so, clap. Okay. And then that'll be our sync point. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Did you okay. clap twice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the timing fucked up a little bit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that's okay uh, that's perfect for this podcast actually. yeah yeah you know okay we gotta talk about this movie at some point right we should Sh- we should start the podcast maybe um maybe uh so okay what if for we the listeners about the movie and then at some point i will start the podcast okay that that could work i just want to let the listeners know, know that um <laughs> this this episode is being recorded in first person uh so whenever i say i i am talking about us the listeners yeah as yeah. as the point of view person recording and listening to this podcast mm-hmm. um it's it's all first person and you are going to get motion sick yeah no okay you know how like uh, the U.S. military is is all up in like Hollywood funding stuff. For, yes, for absolutely. This is that, but with the company that makes Dramamine instead of the military. <laughs> See, I would have thought it was like uh, partially paid for by GoPro or whatever. God, but like the Ugh. camera didn't have enough fish eyeing for it to be GoPro. <laughs> like, yeah. I appreciate uh-huh. what GoPros do and everything like that, but um, they create a really severe fisheye effect, and it yeah. makes everyone who mountain bikes, or like all of the mountain bike YouTubers that I watch, look like they're freaking out over tiny baby hills, and it turns <laughs> out, no, these aren't tiny baby hills, it's just GoPro fucking it up. Okay, do we want to start this movie? Let's start the movie. I mean, start the podcast. We oh God, yeah, we're doing a, a podcast. God, <laughs> uh, uh, this is gonna be a, a this mess is gonna be a very our... silly episode. Uh, so yeah, for I the listeners' wait. sake, um, <clears throat> I did. We both did watch this movie a week ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I went so... to record, and my neighbor was just using an air compressor nonstop for like mm-hmm. seven hours. And so, so we we're. Week out from when we watch this movie, and this yeah. movie is imminently forgettable. So much so that I didn't remember what movie we watched until I um, like I couldn't find the Google Doc that I had written everything in because I had closed it and forgotten to title it. Oh no! And I forgot the name of the movie. I forgot to save the document I took notes in. And my computer auto-restarted to update between then and now. That's why I use Google Docs, because at least they're recoverable. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's start this episode, unless you started it already while I was feeding Taco. I didn't start it, no. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kat. I'm Kira. And we watch movies with no sound and no subtitles and try to figure out what the hell in Solid Snake is going on. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, I'm gonna go A weapon up. to surpass Metal Gear.
It's, it's, okay, so the movie we did, did watch was Hardcore Henry, which, which yeah. if you don't know about Hardcore Henry, don't watch it. Um, please, for the sake of your own physical well-being, don't watch Hardcore Henry. It is filmed entirely in first person, and mm-hmm. it's an action movie. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of, like, jumping and, like, rolling and and getting thrown around in fight scenes. It's, oh, it's bad. I felt for so awful. For all of the shaky cam that I complained about in Primer, I oh. feel like this was, this was... This was like the universe getting revenge on me for complaining about shaky cam, except in this case, the universe is Kira who decided we were going to watch this movie. Yeah. Not two months ago, did we make a pledge that we were going to start watching good movies and then you had us watch Hardcore Henry. I didn't know if this was going to be good or not. The only thing I knew about it was that it was filmed in first person, and I was like, well, that's going to be fucking incomprehensible. It's perfect for the podcast. Yeah, it was, it was something. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, like, one of the very earliest things in my notes is, oh, wow, yep, this is a boy movie. Uh, yeah. Like, if, if... You had like not obviously gender essentialism and everything like that is stupid and pointless and should be abolished and all that. But like, if you were to give out movies as uh like Happy Meal toys, <laughs> this movie would be the boy toy. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly something. Um, and like, so as far as I can tell just sort of just baseline overview. It's a movie about a future in which um, cyborgs are illegal because they're too good at parkour. And also, um, if you, like, bleach your hair enough, you get the force. Yeah, so, like, I I referred to that guy throughout the entire movie as Liquid Snake. I called him Hot Topic Man. Okay, both of those are very good. Um, So, uh, did you... I just want to get this out of the way at the top of the show. Did you listen to anything while you were watching this movie? Uh, Yeah, it was just like a random Spotify, here's your daily playlist thing, though. So it's not really... um, It was a bunch of, like, various genres of metal. Which was appropriate for the movie. Yeah, um, I put on Danzig-era Misfits... Mm. which is also yeah. appropriate for the movie, you know, that the that sort of horrorcore style of hardcore punk kind of fits with the whole yeah, vibe sure. of this entire movie, which is, frankly, a baffling exercise in how many different costumes they can put Charlotte Copley in. Yeah. Oh, God, that was that whole thing was like that was a nightmare for me because <laughs> the face blindness right yeah like, yeah i was like god that that, that guy looks that guy kind looks of similar. familiar he looks like, really why do they familiar. why does everyone in this movie look so similar <laughs> it was just the same guy <laughs> it was the same. 
I didn't find I I was like halfway through the reveal scene of that before I actually figured it out. <laughs> I I figured it out pretty early on. Yeah, nope. Because <laughs> um, I was like, uh, uh, the, one of in that same paragraph where I described it as a boy movie, I wrote Charlotte Copley question mark question mark question mark from District Nine question mark. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, uh, which, like, I just found out recently that he improvised all of his dialogue in District 9, and he's, like, the only speaking part in that entire movie. That's incredible, and also I haven't seen it. Oh my god, okay. It's... <laughs> Taco keeps But I, I gather you have, so we can't do it. Yes. Um, it's, like... It's a really fascinating sci-fi movie about, um, like, very blatantly about apartheid. Uh, and I think it's for sure worth watching just to kind of, yeah. like, explore what he can do as an actor when he's given the freedom to perform and, you know, be good at his job instead of uh, this. I thought he was I don't... pretty good in this. He was fine? But, like, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of his role choices, you know, not that I'm one to criticize, obviously, you know, things I've been cast in, you can count on one finger. Uh, but, like, the choice of... The, the, the role choice that he's... Like, he's done um, the A-Team remake. Ah, okay. Which was questionable at best. Um... He's done, like, a District 9 was his, like, breakout film, and, like, you know, I have very little criticism of that movie. Everything I remember about it, I really, truly liked. Um, and then he did Chappie. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Chappie. Which, that um, movie? That movie. I haven't seen it. I don't think anyone has, because it just looked god-awful. Fair. Yeah. Well, that was that was the the Rock and Sockham Robots movie. Uh yeah, it's got like Hugh Jackman and Dev Patel okay. and yeah. um like Sigourney Weaver and it's about AI robots. Mm. Okay. That like poli- basically like liberating a police robot. Interesting. It's very what strange. Was, what was the one that was like boxing robots? Real Steel? Okay, that's what I'm thinking of then. <clears throat> yeah, did, did Real Steel also have Hugh Jackman? Uh, uh, yes, I believe what so. What the fuck? Yes, it was a Hugh Jackman vehicle. Okay, here's a thing I just realized about Hugh Jackman, is that depending on how you say his name, it could sound like Hugh Actman. Mm-hmm. And he is a Hugh Actman. <laughs> But he's not that tall, is he? But he's, like, fucking jacked. Well, yeah, because they... So, like, like height-wise... They stopped letting letting superhero movie actors have normal bodies in, like, 2008. Yeah, so, like, maybe he's not, like, height huge, but he's, like... He's also just, like, a big actor, you know? Like, metaphorically huge in terms of... You know he's he's in a lot of stuff. He's a, he's a big actor. He's That's a fair. huge actor. Um, he is a huge actor. 
Um, Real Steel, I want to say, was also based on a Richard Matheson story. And we've definitely talked about Richard Matheson on this show before. Huh. I just Wait. don't remember in what context. Because, like... Uh, well, it's got to be in one of our episodes. Obviously. Like, um, we didn't watch I Am Legend, because everyone's seen that one. We haven't watched yeah. Last Man on Earth, starring Vincent Price, or Omega Man, starring Charlton Heston. Was it... Was it when we were talking about the Raven? It might have been. It very well may have been because that's the only contact. That's the only purple link on uh, <laughs> on Wikipedia that I see here. So I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. You you said Vincent Price, and I was like, okay, yeah, that was that movie. Probably. Um, you know what that movie isn't though? Hardcore Henry. Hardcore Henry. Okay, um, I've just been avoiding talking about this movie because I really don't want to talk about it because it's an utter piece of shit. It's like hot. It, it is, is hot just, garbage. It's it's a steaming turd of a movie. <laughs> I think listeners, I cannot emphasize enough: do not watch this movie unless you are absolutely blitzed on mo- motion sickness drugs. Uh, just a reminder, the listeners are us this episode, because this episode is in first person, yeah, so you're yeah. warning yourself not to watch this movie. Yeah, gonna need some time travel to really carry that one out, <laughs> but that was last episode. Well, the good thing is, I do still have that box running from last time. Oh, good, good. After I teleported in and killed myself to prevent us from time traveling. Uh, uh. That has doomed the timeline to have us watch Hardcore Henry. Wait, it's the wait, only wait, wait, way. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it's Do the you only think... way we can. Can <laughs> even get it out? Do you think? No. Okay, I've found a connection. Okay. Do you think Hot Topic Man got his force powers by time traveling too much? Uh, I'm gonna say. Because we do see yes, in the movie and that... because this is an improv podcast. That we do see in the movie that he, when he uses his force powers too much, he does start to get a bit bloody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... That is just, like, a trope, though. True. I just... Why does that dude have force powers? It's not... Nothing is clearly explained in this movie... Yeah. Um, I think he just gets those force powers by virtue of being Russian or in Russia. Okay. Does everybody get that in Russia? Um, no. It's just dudes with greasy white hair. Okay. You gotta go real hard on the bleach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. It's potentially You know you know what they say. Bleach gives you reach. Yeah, that's that's exactly what they say. Yeah. That's why uh, Dennis Rodman bleached his hair all those times when he was playing in the NBA. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Scientifically, this is uh, true now. That's how science works. Isn't yeah. Isn't science amazing? It's so, so cool. Okay. Okay, so... Like, so, I, I, so... Yeah, let's, let's go through the plot of this movie. Yeah. Such as it is. <laughs> okay, so Guy wakes up in a uh, uh, vat... 
and yep. a lady he's... is lo- looking at him. Yep, we come to see that he's missing his arm below the elbow. Yeah. And, and his, his, his leg below the knee. And his eyeball is, like, falling out, so we get, like, a weird, like, double camera perspective thing that is really nauseating. Yeah, and that, that motif repeats a couple yeah, of times. several times, it's unfortunately. It's particularly, um, we'll say delightful, but actually repulsive. Uh-huh. The numerous times you see his actual eye being put back in. Yeah. Which, like... I don't know how much you know about ocular trauma. Well, he's a cyborg. <laughs> sure, I, I suppose. I, I it's did, like a I cyber did. eye, cause yeah. So it's it's fine. I I did say because he gets like a real cybernetic cyber looking eye at one point, that then is replaced by a regular eye again somehow, at the end of the movie. Uh, I, I, mm-hmm. Well, he got but some I, upgrades, I did, you know. I did refer to him as hardcore as of Borg. <laughs> at that point and I just <laughs> you know every once in a while you throw in a Star Trek joke you gotta they yeah he's none of yeah. this none of this movie needs to make sense I like this movie genuinely feels like a tech demo like you're watching a tech he's, demo It it really does oh god so he wakes up in a vat. The vat gets drained. Hot lady attaches uh, his his missing limbs by just sort mm-hmm. of screwing them onto his body. It's it's I think a metaphor for the futility of male sexuality. Um, yeah, you know very specifically. I think the intentional communication that the director was going for was that in needing to be screwed by this attractive science woman he (laughs) is somehow both helpless and heroic and it is the struggle of the modern man to find someone to screw their limbs on correctly that's true i also did notice that like they've kind of like fucked up the prosthetics they used for that so like the 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 seam where his leg was screwed on was like all janky and like mm-hmm. misaligned. So that was that was fun for me to see. Yeah, yep, yep. Um so he gets his shit screwed back on, he gets his eyeball put back in and, and calibrated. And then I guess him and the scientist lady have some sort of relationship or something. Or she's just like super bonered for uh, cyborgs, and she's that, and she just made one, and and so she's. So I I think the implication is that he is the cyborgized, necromantized corpse of her previous husband okay. or lover in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and. He's part of a super soldier program wherein they use the corpses of regular soldiers and cybernetics to reanimate them into sort of flesh golems. Turbo soldiers. Yes. Okay. Except that he was given free will where the others were not. And also the program is 
like the research is carried out on like a, a zeppelin thing yeah <laughs> for reasons that's true for reasons, for reasons they do parachute out of a zeppelin uh or the sorry whole, they take an the escape whole, pod out of the, the zeppelin goddamn science facility is just floating which does make me think that it's more like an illicit thing than like an actual military program yeah it's it's possibly it's one that like because I, I think the reason why it's in this floating fortress is specifically because she's trying to avoid detection by the villain of this movie liquid snake uh the guy who they spent so much energy trying to make look visually interesting that he kind of just looks like an every villain yeah he looks like um like so generic is and he's just always wearing like a turtleneck and and like a red suit yeah i'm recalling far more visuals from this movie than i really wish to <laughs> uh so they basically hardcore henry gets rebuilt i'm just assuming that's his name i don't uh, know i mean it's gotta be henry at the very least yeah and so he is hardcore henry... in this true henry gets rebuilt the ship gets attacked by the villain and his goon squad okay henry what if... and the science lady escape okay in that drop pod i have a theory mm -hmm. what if the the zeppelin science program um the Z the zsp um is part ZSP. of sp uh, true is part of a an underground resistance that is using discarded models of the super soldier turbo sorry turbo soldier mm -hmm. cyborg project and uh th um the villain guy works for the the military and is in charge of the turbo soldier project so and here's i've I, I i like this idea but i think there needs to be some slight difference because i think you're missing a key detail okay they're called turbo soldiers because they all have a turbo button Oh. And they're actually being built by mad cats. <laughs> Where's the turbo button? Um, it's hidden within their n nose, which is why you don't see it get pressed ever. Um, oh, I was... Okay, yeah, sure. But, That's not um, what I was thinking you know, of. What were you thinking? Was Were you... Were you thinking the turbo button was their prostate? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, you know what? Of I, course I, I was. I, well, I, I will recant my statement. The turbo button is their prostate. <laughs> yeah, obviously. That's why they have the underground fuck den to activate the, the turbo soldiers. That's true. That's true. Uh, incidentally, if any girls out there want to press my turbo button. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can just get at me on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, same. <laughs> Just really inviting the parasocial relationships these days. Uh, that's content creation, baby. Mm -hmm. Gotta afford that 10 grand VTuber model. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, here's the thing, though. A, a VTuber model rig right now costs more than it cost to make 
primer. <laughs> Holy shit. You could make one and a half primers for the cost of a VTuber rig. I literally saw an artist doing commissions and their base price was $13,000. That's almost two full primers. Yeah. And I bet that artist that that artist also has the guy who made primers parents doing craft services. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean you could afford it. Yeah. It's just just call him up and be like, "Hey, I forget the dude's name. Get your parents so online because he definitely it's still fine. lives with his parents. Yes. Like you're making a movie for 7k. Like it's it's just it's pretty absurd how corporatized VTuber modeling is these days and it's like like 10k is clearly corporate VTuber pricing and you basically need to have a corporate overlord in order to get into the game these days. Yeah, that's like corporate it's fucking corporate ridiculous VTuber or like extremely successful independent VTuber. And like, you know, when VTubing is as heavily corporate as it is, it makes sense that things are priced like, you know, multi-user licenses for Adobe product. And I like I I imagine that is like an ass load of work for an artist because I know something of what goes into actually doing oh, that. Yeah, no, and... I'm certainly not saying artists are charging too much for the work. It's just, you know, you're probably not going to see much cottage industry VTubing anymore. It's going to be like PNG tubers primarily. I mean, like you can you can get a much cheaper VTuber model. No problem. Yeah, it's they're, just, they're like, still the, the fucking really expensive high-end ones. Yeah, I mean you can you can you can get free ones and you can get one for like a couple hundred dollars, which yeah, is still kind of expensive. Yeah, but, but like, then you're not gonna look like uh, some shitty knockoff Genshin Impact character. Uh, true. That's like and fucking every gotta... VTuber. Sorry, we're going into a VTuber hole here because I don't want to talk about this movie. Uh, like the design on so many VTubers, especially the popular ones, is just like. Okay, yeah, you're a gotcha game character. How, how much shit can we in real life? Dress? <laughs> how impossible can we make this applique look? <laughs> like none of these. Like I, I don't, I don't need realism in costuming for like video games or whatever. Like you know, Velvet Crow is one of my favorite JRPG protagonists, but. Her outfit is extremely impractical. I mean, and yeah. that's fine for for a certain type of game. That's wonderful. You love to see it. But like, it's just everything has flattened into this extremely samey, like overly overwrought costuming on bland single body model rig type style of VTuber. Yeah, no, I agree. There's, and a, there's it's a just, few that I, that are pretty unique that I really enjoy, but like, yeah, yeah, no, there's there's a couple of unique ones, you know, like I I think um of the popular ones, I think Buff Pup has a really good like unique model, um, yeah, but like I don't know, dude, it's like the when a new Genshin character is revealed and the fandom is like, oh, finally, there's some thickness in Genshin Impact, and it's like, <laughs> this is a this is a twig. 
<laughs> I don't understand why. What thickness? She's somebody, like somebody okay. wrapped some scotch tape around a twig a few times, so it's like slightly more substantial. It's like. Just the flattest ass you've ever seen. Yeah. God, finally some cake. Like, (laughs) what the fuck are we doing? There are real people making real pornography who are a thousand times hotter, and you can pay them instead of paying fucking gachapon games for content that you can use multiple times. Buy pornography, stop playing Genshin Impact. (laughs) That's the official stance of Unsound Theories. Okay, so they 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 use the drop pod, but forget to open the parachute. Yeah, because they're too busy, like, touching and being... Touching and uh, kissing, dancing and loving Yeah, at the love shack. Yeah. The love shack is a little drop pod where you can forget to pull the parachute. And then fucking die. Yeah. Um, Except so- not... The entire movie basically is um, Henry running away from these corporate super soldiers, sorry, turbo soldiers. Yeah, and and trying to find his his lady. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, more Charlotte Copley. Uh-huh. He 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 gets killed. He meets a guy on a bus who Mm -hmm. digs out... I think a tracking chip out of his wrist with some pliers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's always good. And then a dude in with a dude with a flamethrower in the most insane outfit just shows <laughs> the up. The man is dressed like a fucking <laughs> disco ball. Yes, he, he just walked out of a music video. <laughs> he walked out of like a Lady Gaga Chromatica error. A video and it's like oh god what's happening hey i've got a flamethrower let's do a couple of murders um there's also a part that i just fucking could not could not understand where okay. henry steals a car he like he he steals a car by like hot wiring it mm-hmm. but the wires are very clearly lit by an led strip yeah, so I think what's happening here is the movie didn't have the budget to come up with cool sci-fi cars, but so that was so what they did was in the future everyone has cars from the early 2000s, but they've got LED shit inside of them to show that they're retrofitted in and futury. I don't get it. Um so he goes to search for someone with his phone's GPS. <clears throat> yeah. And it yeah. turns out the person he's searching for is a guy named Slick Dimitri. Uh-huh. Which... Well, I don't know what, what quite... he wants out of Slicky Dicky. This exchange with... Yeah. I, I just want... Slick Dimitri is probably the best part of this movie just from his name alone. Yeah. Like, I, you, you can't get better than Slick Dimitri... Yeah, um, it w- so, is this this is this the part where he has to like sneak through the government building with a bunch of like suited special agents like patrolling the stairs and shit? But they're it's yeah, like a I video game, so. so they're incredibly unobservant, and as long as you're behind them, they can't tell you're there. Yeah, something like that. And like he shoots a lot of guns. I took some time and I quickly did some looking and figured out what kind of gun he was using. And um, and then looked at the standard magazine size on those guns. 
and counted how many times he shot bullets from a gun before stopping to either change guns or reload. Uh-huh. Because that was the only thing I could do to keep myself entertained with this movie. Uh, I will give this movie some credit. They absolutely did not have him shoot more rounds than were in a typical magazine for that gun. That's good. I mean, if they had, I it's pretty easy no. to explain away as he paid for the monthly subscription to the video game, so he gets like extra enhanced magazine size. So, mm-hmm. uh, so what else happens? Um, he goes to a strip club where he meets another <laughs> Copley clone. Yeah, uh, this guy is like Austin Powers version. Yeah, he's like. What if Austin Powers did very much cocaine? Yeah, he did. He does severe amount. Like he does a Stevie Nicks amount of cocaine. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he just goes nuts on this stuff. For sure, if he had survived longer than five minutes, was going to nix himself, which is where you lose your ability to taste and smell because you've burned out your nose with cocaine. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to start doing, uh, you have to have someone blow the cocaine up your ass in order for you to really get the experience, and, you know, mm-hmm. that's always fun. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, while they're there, they can hit the turbo button, so. That's true. Um, at some point he gets, there's some lady ninjas. Um, yeah. We find out that he's battery powered, right? Uh-huh. By seeing that he's low on batteries. Yeah. And then he continues going on for, like, half of the movie on one battery. Uh-huh. He doesn't replace his battery until, like, basically the end of the movie. Yeah, and that's the part that gets me, because he was on one one pip of battery, and, like, he charged a little bit, but not a lot. Maybe, like, maybe it's, like, it's the future, and they got really good batteries, and it's, like, a new battery, so it hasn't had time to, you know, get worse. So the the battery life could be, like... You know, this is a, a battery charge lasts you for, like, several weeks, and so even if you're on one little bar of battery, you got some time left. I guess. It just... It, but then at that point, what do you gain from introducing that to the film? Or maybe he's got, like, some, like, um, like, he's got, like, a charging system that charges when you do parkour. I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, the, the roundabout point is he somehow ends up at this apartment building where he finds the Copley Prime, who is piloting a bunch of drone clones. Yeah. And there's a fucking musical number. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure what that was. I don't know. I don't care. We're... Very nearly done talking about everything that happened in this movie. We missed the part um, where he almost rec- rescues his his um, girlfriend, Lady, and then the um, a tank shows up or something like that. I, I don't. Yeah, there's it, like a it, tank. It's it's, it's inconsequential. He tries to ride a horse, and the horse has none of it, which um, was the most delightful part of the movie. Yeah. Um. So they're they're trying to leave this apartment building as they're surrounded by a bunch of um, turbo soldiers. Yeah. And fucking Hardcore Henry outfits himself with a bunch of weapons, but picks as his primary weapon a shotgun. Uh-huh. Which, you know, video game logic, sure. Shotguns are fun. 
but like that thing has a maximum like eight shots mm-hmm. and then you're out and it takes a long ass time to reload a shotgun it's fine. and you're fighting your way down a tower he's Use got a different gun He's got a clone drone friend who is one of the psychic vampires from the Dirk Gently TV series. Oh my god, the psychic vampires. <laughs> I love those oh guys. God. I love those guys. <laughs> those guys one of them is like uh, one of them's Osric Chow. One of them is uh God. I can't remember all of the actors. Either way, it, it's it's they I love the Dirk Gently TV series. Yes. I hate the guy who made it. Yes. I wish there could be more, but he's he's just got his fingers in it too much, and there yeah. probably won't be any more Dirk Gently, and that's sad. It is sad, but what can you do? Um, I mean, I say he was a psychic vampire. It was just a generic punk outfit, but... Yes. He, he Punk guy kills a bunch of dudes with a machete. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some sniping that happens. There's a mm-hmm. whole fight where... Um, they're lowering what's-his-fuck in his wheelchair, because there's a whole scene where, during the Turbo Soldier testing, the evil goth man, uh, locks his, like, scientist guy in a room with the Turbo Soldiers, and they, like, toss him around a bit and break his back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, that's, like, a flashback. And so then now we're running away from a lot more soldier guys. There's a scene where they're lowering his wheelchair down through the building while fighting a bunch of dudes, like a raid all around it. And for some reason, none of the mm-hmm. dudes just shoot at the wheelchair guy. Uh, yeah, you know. Who they're ostensibly there to kill. I don't, I don't know. It, it It's just, I was annoyed with this movie at this point. Yeah. Um, I was deeply they, motion sick and like trying to stay conscious. <laughs> they end up at the top of a building through the <clears throat> magic of happenstance <throat> and vehicles. They go um, they go to the bad guys like building. Yeah, they go to the bad guys headquarters and and Mr. Hardcore uh climbs to the top of the building fighting soldiers along the way. Takes one of the batteries. His, Yes, he takes one of their batteries, finally. Uh, we find out that his girlfriend slash wife has betrayed him for the villain. For some, um, we don't, I don't know why. Maybe uh, maybe she was on his side the whole time, and the whole thing Possibly. was like a, trying to manipulate Henry into doing Probably, something. I think that's what the twist was supposed to be. I, I don't know. Not really sure what um, their goal so with that was. There's this big old final fight that is heavily motion sickness inducing. Yeah, it's a bunch of like zombie um, cyborgs basically. Um, yeah. Goth guy shows up, uses his force powers a lot. Um, and here is where he here's where he lost me because I was like, okay, you know what? I'm kind of rooting for this guy. I don't care how evil he is. I just want this movie to be over and done with. And then he starts gloating instead of killing Henry. Uh-huh. Several and that's times. the point where I realized Yes, and that's the point where I was like, okay, he deserves to die now. Well, that was just the face transition for the boss fight. I guess. I don't know. Basically, villain dies, movie ends. Yeah, you get a horrifically nauseating scene where he takes his eyeball out and uses the nerve cables to strangle the guy. 
Mm-hmm. And and so the movie shows you the perspective of his his still in his head eye, and also the fuck the the out of the head eye on the other half of the, eye the being screen used as a garage. And so it's just like oh my god. And then he gets in a helicopter, and his his girlfriend's in there, and he finds out she betrayed him. So she so so he kills her and and kicks her out of the helicopter. Uh, and that's the end of the movie. Yep. Hello, listeners. It's Kat with this week's mid-roll announcements. Are you a fan of love stories between middle-aged men? Do stories like Our Flag Means Death and The Hands of the Emperor captivate you in telling the tale of those fateful unions between two souls that changed the world? If you've ever wanted to craft your own version of that story, I have the perfect game for you. Love is Wild is a two-player role-playing game where you tell the story of two musicians bound together by an electric chemistry to produce beautiful and impactful music. Tell the story of your lives together, then wow your fans with one final song that declares your love to the world. Love is Wild is available now at saftycat.dog. If you'd like to interact with Kira or me on social media, you can follow me on Tumblr at zaftycat and Kira on her Tumblr at sapphire-mess. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can tell a friend about the show. We thrive on word of mouth, and our goofy brand of weird is the perfect thing to recommend to your friends, your polycule, your found family, your biological family, or someone who's pretending to be your wife to make you commit atrocities, like in this movie. That's the joke. Uh Uh-huh. You could also be our favorite people in the world and leave a review for the show on the podcatcher of your choice. We're fans of good pods for their really neat shareability features, but whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave a review, let us know via tweet or Tumblr message and you'll get a shout out on the show. Thirdly, we'd be so grateful if you were to support us on Patreon. We make this show because we love it, not because of the money, but a little support from you goes a really long way for us. So please consider that support. No integer dollar amount is too small. That's all for this very quick mid-roll. I'll let past me and Kira get back to um, first-person shooter stuff. I don't know. Get, get, get the VCR sound. Do you want to... Do we want to find out what actually happened in this movie? I because... mean, I guess, yeah. We, I have enough questions that I actually kind of do. Okay. H- Hardcore Henry, also known simply as Hardcore in some countries, is a 2015 science fiction action film written and directed by uh, Ilya Neischuler in his feature directorial debut, Go Figure. Yeah, it's not shocking. <laughs> it was Tim Roth! Holy shit! I thought I saw Tim Roth in this movie. <laughs> Um, that's, sorry, at the beginning of my notes, there's a flashback scene where someone keeps smashing a robot head against a wall, and then you see Tim Roth pick up the robot head, and I wrote in my notes, is that fucking Tim Roth? And it was. What was with, okay, we totally missed We skipped over that part. We'll probably find out, maybe. Um, Plot. A man wakes inside a laboratory on an airship. A scientist, Estelle, tells him his name is Henry and claims to be his wife. And he has been revived from an accident that left him amnesiac and mute. She replaces his missing limbs with cybernetic prosthesis. But mercenaries, led by the psychokinetic Akon, raid the ship before she can replace Henry's voice. 
Akon claims all of Estelle's research is his corporate property. He kills Estelle scientists, but Henry and Estelle flee in escape pods. Landing in Moscow, the mercenaries follow and abduct Estelle. Henry is rescued by a stranger named Jimmy, who informs him that his cybernetic limbs are running out of power, which will kill him if he cannot recharge. Jimmy is killed by corrupt police paid by Akon, but Henry escapes. He's joined by another Jimmy, now an alcoholic bum, who informs him that one of Akon's associates, Slick Dimitri, has a charging pump which Henry needs to recharge. The two are attacked and again Jimmy is killed. Henry escapes and hunts Dimitri through Moscow before capturing him. Just as Dimitri promises him information, he's killed by a sniper. Henry removes the pump and receives a call from Jimmy who directs Henry to a brothel. Henry meets two more distinct versions of Jimmy, one a nervous nerd, the other a drug-fueled sex maniac who replaces his pump. The brothel is attacked by Akon's forces. Akon taunts Henry about Estelle who's being transported by an armored convoy before ejecting Henry from the brothel. Outside, Henry encounters another Jimmy, a stoner, who transports him to Akon's convoy. Henry attacks the convoy and locates Estelle and Akon who beat him with a baseball bat and bury him in the woods. Um, this does not mention the lady ninjas at all. (laughs) Okay. Jimmy finds and resuscitates Henry, only to be shelled by a tank. After killing the tank crew and fending off a helicopter, Jimmy Henry finds another Jimmy, who leads him to an abandoned hotel and a hidden laboratory. Here, the original Jimmy, a quadriplegic scientist, reveals that he's seeking revenge against a con, who crippled him after using his own cyborg su- sorry, who crippled him after his own cyborg super soldiers failed. The other Jimmys are clones based on aspects of Jimmy per- Jimmy's personality that he can control via a headset. The clones sing and dance with Henry to the song I've Got You Under My Skin by Cole Porter. Jimmy realizes that Henry has been unknowingly broadcasting his location to a con with a strike force closing in, and the clones attack Henry. Fending off, Gi- fending off Jimmy, Henry convinces him to help. Henry and the clones fight their way out, killing Akon's forces by collapsing the laboratory on them. Jimmy and Henry drive to Akon's headquarters. They fight their way into an elevator, but Jimmy is mortally wounded. Before dying, Jimmy thanks Henry for being a friend and removes a memory blocker, gradually restoring Henry's memories. Henry fights his way to the highest floor, where he's greeted by Akon and an army of cyborg super soldiers with Henry's memories. These soldiers chase Henry onto the roof. Uh Uh-huh. 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 Henry wipes out the entire army to Queen's song, Don't Stop Me Now, before Akon arrives and severely wounds Henry. Estelle arrives and reveals she's actually Akon's wife. Everything that happened was an elaborate ruse to field test their ability to manipulate cyborg soldiers into doing anything to, quote, rescue their wives, including committing terrorist acts. What? Akon and Estelle prepare to board a helicopter... Leaving Henry for dead. Henry blacks out, but a memory of his father revives him and motivates him to crush Akon's hands and wrap his robotic eye stalk around Akon's jaw, decapitating him. He jumps into Estelle's helicopter, presenting her with Akon's head. She shoots Henry, but a bullet ricochets and hits her, causing her to stumble out of the helicopter. Henry slams the door on her hands, sending her plummeting to her death. End of movie. (sighs) So no word on why that guy has superpowers. Nope. Um, um it, okay, Hardcore Henry was filmed with GoPro cameras mounted on a specially made mask. Uh, it was um, Okay, here's okay, here's the thing I wanted to <laughs> Wait, wait, no, no, I'm not done. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. 
the mask used for filming with those GoPros is called the, quote, adventure mask. Oh, certainly this was an adventure. Mm -hmm. Also, all of the special effects were made in Blender, in case you couldn't tell. (laughs) Oh, let's see. Okay, this movie premiered at TIFF, which is a dubious honor for TIFF. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, before we get into any reviews, do you want to do budget versus box office? Oh, it's got to be like a... I'm sure this was probably like a $2 million budget and like $35 box office. Okay, um, so you were right that it is a $2 million budget. How am I this good? So um, this movie is 285.7 primers, <laughs> and it, it pulled in, so it, it pulled in 16.8 million in the box office, which like I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I okay. I want to talk about the just sort of the way they filmed this. Mm-hmm. For a moment. Because I don't know if the listeners know this, but um, your eyes actually move independent of your head. So mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. when you shake your head no, your vision does not go wildly side to side. Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me try to do that. Oh god, that's awful. It's horrible. There's a reason it doesn't do... There's a reason your eyes stay locked on the thing you're looking at. Like, and I feel like if if anybody tries to make another first-person movie, they need... They have to replicate eyes being separate from head. Please. It's like you need, like, GoPro You need two GoPros that are capable of, like, tracking a fixed point while the head is moving. Otherwise, it's... you. It's... It's... Bad. Like, that's not how vision is. And so it just looks insane when they try to... Like, when they try to to replicate things like nodding or shaking your head or anything like that. And I hate that. Yeah, basically. Um, okay. So they've talked about making a second one. But um, also said that most people are going to pirate it if that is the case, and that they probably won't show up to the theaters. <laughs> so it's not I, worth making. I cannot imagine watching this on a theater screen. Oh shit. Okay, what about IMAX 3D? No. No. That already makes me feel motion sick. Yeah, I'm literally like. I need to go lay down after hearing that. Okay, but what if James Cameron made a first-person action movie? Is that supposed to make it better? I would say that James Cameron's singular strength is his cinematography. That's true. But I I I have to imagine that inevitably they will not have like even even James Cameron, important filmmaker man, will not and discoverer of Cameronium <laughs> will not an inventor of Navi will not he will not get the eyeballs separate from head thing right. 
I think if anyone is going to do that, it's going to be James Cameron. Like, yeah, but also it won't happen. It's the sort of oh, thing God. that, like, you don't notice. Like, just like um, how if you're riding a bike and you want to turn a direction, you subconsciously turn the other direction first and then go the direction you want to make. And if you ask somebody if that's how you do it, that sounds insane, but you have to mm-hmm. do it that way. And you just sort of subconsciously do it without noticing it's happening. Yeah, I, I, like, there's there's a lot of, like, subconscious things that just... I don't think first-person movies can be a thing. No. At least not with current technology. Like, maybe if everyone had a VR rig. But then you have to be in VR. And that's also bad for other reasons. Yeah, it also... Maybe if they had... Okay, maybe if they had this Adventure Mask 2... Return of Adventure Mask, this time it's cooler and better and has technology that makes it not horrible. That's the Starring Jamie Kennedy? That's the full title, yes. Um, son of son of the Adventure Mask? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so what they do is they mount the GoPros on movie, movie things that I... The movable guy doohickers that I can't think of the name for... Gimbal. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and then they use uh, like eye tracking technology to make them follow where the actor's eyes are looking. Maybe. And even then, it's probably going to be a nightmare to watch. Yeah. Okay. Do you? I, I have a review for you. That's okay. not an Amazon review. Would you? Um, Max Nicholson of IGN rated the film 8.6 out of 10, giving it that classic IGN B+, stating (laughs) two parts FPS, one part platformer, and a pinch of how-to basic. Director Ilya Neischuller's Hardcore Henry is a recipe for nonstop ludicrous fun, while the film's actual story is nigh inexistent. It's sure to please action junkies and gamers alike with its inventive set pieces and mind-boggling action. Uh, so there's a review from IGN. Yeah, that's... Um, uh, I I had a hard time finding uh, reviews for this one, so I only have a handful. Because nobody's fucking seen it. Uh, there's a lot of reviews that have been uh, logged with... Um, with amazon just none of them Mm -hmm. are good because like 95 percent of them are like you won't like this if you get motion sickness it's an okay movie otherwise (laughs) oh i have a good one that i just pulled from imdb okay um okay so off-world colony gives this movie eight out of ten stars and titles their review the citizen kane of action films okay always a good start when is (laughs) Always a good when start. Is a, <laughs> when is a movie not a movie? How do you write a movie like this anyway? Hardcore Henry completely reinvents cinematic language. It's closer to a video game and streamlined story and brutal, flinch-inducing violence. The sometimes low-res, often choppy POV is ballsy and cleverly conceived. Gags and smart editing is commendable, and the director's well-honed eye providing a true cinematic breath of fresh air. It has superbly apt, moody music and good directional sound. 
It's not nearly as cheap as the marketing led me to believe, even though it's clearly on a shoestring. Its inventiveness and good blend of stunt performers and FX creates a non-nauseous, toe-curling uh-huh. adrenaline rush. Uh, well, about that. <laughs> yep. About that. Yep. No, um, well, uh, um, this person... Okay. Do you think this person is being paid by Dramamine or not? Um... This review is from February of 2020, five years after the movie came out, so it's unlikely. And also, I feel like... They don't have an excuse. This was before they could have had COVID brain rot. (laughs) (laughs) Like, maybe if you've had COVID six times and your brain is Swiss cheese, you might enjoy this movie. Uh... But like... Good God, 25 out of 27 people found this review helpful. No, it's... I was also going to say, I think the people being paid by Dramamine are the people saying it will give you motion sickness, because that's going to get you to go out and buy some before you watch it. Yeah. Um, I have a one-star review called, uh, titled... Uh, no Please. SoCal-y redeeming value to this movie. So I guess if you're if you're in SoCal, don't watch this. Without a doubt, this yep. was the worst movie I've watched in a decade. I guess if you like watching live-action GoPro video of idiots doing stupid stuff, you, then you might actually enjoy this. The dialogue is poor. The story is so, so unreal as to border on stupid. Overall, not really worth watching. Agree. Mm-mm. Another... Yes, I, 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 a two-star... <clears throat> Um, and this is sort of, um, it goes both ways. It reads, only because the method of filming was amazing. (laughs) The first person perspective was an interesting way to watch a movie. It was not. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, reviewer. It was unbearable. Anyway, the plot... I'm not a video game player or fan, so the plot left me wanting to chew on glass. <laughs> yeah, actually. Um, and then we have a four-star review, and I'm just going to read the title of this, because the rest of it is a normal review of a movie, but they did title this, A Thoroughly Enjoyable Movie If You Like to Play GTA Five in First Person. Other than that, still pretty awesome. <laughs> I-, I love the specificity. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If you if you like to play GTA Five in first person, then you'll love this movie. Uh, look, I I don't love to play GTA Five. I'm gonna be honest. I think the Grand Theft Auto games are kind of bland. They're, Grand Theft Auto. They are all the same game, basically. <laughs> like when you've when you've played one GTA game, you've played them all. There's not a whole lot of innovation okay, so going on. I played um, GTA 1 on the PC in, like, 2003. Okay, the top-down ones Have are a... a little bit different, and I find those way more fun, personally. <laughs> they are actually... Those ones are actually a lot of fun. Yes, GTA 1 the and 2 absolutely whip-ass. <laughs> Similar to Fallout. Fallout 1 and 2 absolutely whip-ass. Okay. Uh, do you have um, any other reviews? I have one more review. It's a four-star review. Out of? Five. Every, uh, the, t- the title is, I would give it five out of five, 
But the nightmare I had was pretty terrifying, and this movie gave me a lot of. And it reads, Three years ago, I had one of the most horrifying nightmares in my entire life that I still remember clearly to this day. I was chased by men with guns and changed into a cyborg. Today, I randomly found this movie, and although some elements were different, my nightmare didn't take place in Russia. A lot of the concept was the same, especially being constrained and paralyzed, as well as running after and shooting people. Coincidence? I don't know, but I never heard about this movie until today. I would give it 5 out of 5, but the nightmare I had was pretty terrifying, and this movie gave me a lot of flashbacks. I am a female who hardly ever watches action films either, so go figure. Is this evidence of timelines bleeding together? <laughs> a human female. <laughs> female. Fucking Ferengi as language. Hate it. Like the worst. I hate it. This movie was so bad, and I just want to. <laughs> I want to be done. Can we? Can we? Can we? Can we do something else with the rest of our day? I want to go make sweet potatoes. Yeah. I think we should do something else. I just won a house in the housing lottery in Final Fantasy fourteen, so I need to decorate that. Okay, yeah, that's that's fucking impressive. Congratulations. <laughs> it's like as hard as it is to get a real house in real life. Possibly harder. <laughs> well, at least in Final Fantasy you don't have uh like venture capital firms paying cash up front, you know? You used to. Until they change it to the lottery system. Yeah, I, I, Final Fantasy fourteen, man. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of people who I care about dearly love to play it. I, I don't. It's never clicked for me. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, did I tell you actually? For the listeners who are also us, this episode because it's first person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what they call a first I person got... episode in the biz. A fapisode? I was gonna go with fapisode, but that works too. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. We sure didn't. I I sure didn't. Bye. I, first person, I sure, I sure didn't. I sure didn't. <laughs> that works. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, Bye. everyone. Bye. Peace. Unsound Theories is a production of So Says Media. You can follow us on Twitter at Unsound Theories or follow Kat and Kira at ZaftiCat, Z A F T I K A T, and at Sapphire underscore Mess, respectively. The best way to support the work we do is to tell a friend and leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods. If you'd like to support our work monetarily to help us keep the lights on, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash sosismedia. There you'll gain access to behind-the-scenes content, Patreon-exclusive episodes, and so much more. The music used in this episode is Dance on All the Cell Phones by Chris Postel. You can find this and Chris's other work at soundslikeanearful.com. Until next time, stay wizard. <laughs>